Yeah, Shamar always gets mad at me. So welcome to the Freemium Podcast. <laughs> I'm going to reluctantly give an official introduction. <laughs> I, I just don't like having the intro. But anyways, welcome to the Freemium Podcast. We got Curtis Killen. We got Joey Stebbin in the house. Thank you for coming my pleasure, over. My pleasure. Joey's a CPA. He and two other partners own a cloud accounting firm called Zen Accounting. And then you also work as the head of finance for Boundless Life, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Indeed. So thank you so much for coming by. We're going to get into Thanks this. For having me. Thanks for We've me. actually been on a roll already before this started. We've been <laughs> talking about some stuff. He's had some stories and like, dude, let's some juice. Yeah. Some let's juice. like, I go, dude, tell that story in the fucking uh, <laughs> podcast, man. He goes, all right, all right, we'll do that. But, client um, confidentiality, client confidentiality. Yeah, is yeah, of course. We don't have to say names. No, no, no just no names. like yeah, no names. don't have to say names. But yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming out. Thanks for having so me. So I've known you for a while. I I went to school with uh, Sarah. I went to Abbott with Sarah Stebbin, your younger sister. Indeed. At uh, Indeed. John Abbott. Yep. And I've known who I know. We never were really friends. We didn't hang out and stuff. But we were acquaintances for yeah, what, yeah, fifteen years. Connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, I think 15, I think 20? we went out a couple times together at the uh, at the queue. If, if, I, if I'm not oh, mistaken, God. if my memory drives. Yeah, correctly. you were always there with uh, Steve and Nick. Yeah, I would yeah, always yeah. remember you guys yeah. as a, <laughs> in you the see, back corner. You, you still hang out with them though, right? You guys are yeah, still yeah, close yeah. friends. St Steve, I mean Steve, I'm friends with, but we don't. Uh, we're not hanging out all the time. But Nick, yeah, Nick's uh, gonna be in my uh, in my wedding party. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And we go to Outwater Club together. Yeah, Outwater yeah. Club is. I'm gonna plug that in right now. Yeah, like yeah. If you play squash or rackets, club. like, phew, it's so great. Fun. Uh, I mean, wherever this goes, great value for money. You also get the yeah. classes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a great place. To be honest, though, I find it getting a, just a tad too busy sometimes. Well, you know what month it is? <laughs> it's January, so everyone's got their new yeah, you're like, right. uh, their right. resolutions. You're right. You're right. And, uh, it'll it'll trail off eventually, I think. I hope so. Right. Yeah, I like it. I like I like having. A good energy in the gym when you get into the gym yeah but not too packed where you can't use the machines and you're trying to get to the showers all the showers are taken stuff like that yeah, that gets a little the, yeah the locker rooms too yeah. yeah it's a little bit of a traffic jam yeah so. it gets chaos yeah. it gets chaotic from yeah. time to time i am sore from a workout yesterday as well anyway what did you do uh hit class dude those and are then i went to go play soccer and uh i'm learning that at my my ripe age of 35 is that a workout before soccer is actually beneficial rather than going straight from work and uh, and going into soccer at least for me you work out before your muscles are ready to go and uh huge performance last night huge great performance. did you <laughs> score a goal no two assists two, two assists. assists yeah I'm, i played at the back so you yeah. were you were a good soccer player growing up right i was yes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no i played pretty high level what position um, were you uh i was all over the map man i started to center midfield played up front and then I went through a knee injury, I think, and started playing at the back. And then I had a knack for playing center back. And since then, uh, that's where I've been. What yeah. was what was your opinion on the World Cup this year? Fantastic. It was for, for me. Uh, who's I was I was spending a couple. Uh, I was with a few buddies over at Kelly's, I think, for the uh, for the final. Uh -huh. It was the best game I've. I I I don't get that emotionally attached to soccer anymore. And. I don't know. There was like electricity, and it was just nuts. It was absolutely nuts. And I'm happy to. I'm happy we witnessed history. Yeah, uh, that too. That's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, you know, he finally got what he deserved. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Messi winning, and but uh, just Messi and Mbappe. How <laughs> do I pronounce his name? Yeah, Mbappe. Yeah. Kylian. I mean, I don't even like soccer. I don't watch soccer ever. I'm not going to pretend to be a fan. But I think everyone, Joey, uh, the other Joey, the videographer. Joey, <laughs> did you watch the World Cup game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean. Was, 
and insane. that's probably the the first time you've watched a soccer game. What five years? Yeah, it was for yeah, me. Yeah, you you won't catch you won't catch a better. A it better was insane. Final. Yeah. It was insane. I I yeah. same like I couldn't believe. I go, am I watching soccer right now? This feels like a football. It was shootout nuts. right now. Uh, we had, I mean. The table that I was sitting at, we were all rooting for Argentina because of, you know, Messi and all that sort of stuff. And we had a table in front of us rooting for France. And we were chirp respectfully, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. chirping one another. Friendly banter. And they were and they were yelling when they would score and we were like, Yeah, when, uh, yeah. Anyway, it was it was absolutely there's a guy, um Austin right over there. So he's actually from Argentina. Oh wow. Um they partied for days, I heard. I saw him. He came into work first of all, he took the Monday off. Yeah. As soon as he found out that they were in the finals, yeah. he goes, Bro, I'm uh, taking the Monday off. <laughs> Didn't even ask. Just like I'm yeah, taking the Monday off. It's religion for them. Yeah. And yeah. then the Tuesday co- comes in. So he comes into the office. He doesn't have a voice. <laughs> <laughs> so I found they, that. Yeah. I mean, the party must have lasted for days. It's crazy. Yeah. No, it's good yeah. for them. It's yeah. good for them. I'm good happy. for the country. So back to back to business. Back to now business. we talk about what's... Um, so you're an accountant. You're a CPA. Mm. Yes. A CPA auditor by trade. Yes. Okay. Yeah. How'd you get into... Let's start from the beginning. How'd, like why accounting? <laughs> Because accounting, and this is also interesting. A lot of times, accountants, in my experience, they're pretty boring people. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're not like that. You're interesting. No, you I'm can, covered in tattoos. Um, you're not a typical accountant, or you don't look like one. You don't act like one either, actually. To be honest, no. I mean, I've been told that before. Um, if I go back to when was it? What I was going to do in university, I suppose. Uh, so I was at Abbott. I was always good at math. I'm not not a math star, and you don't need to be a math star, by the way. That's like uh, that's that's a uh, not what accountants are all about. It's kind of like more rules-based and sort of stuff. Yeah, it's just like, memorizing yeah, rules, yeah, I think, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, and then being able to do research and having yeah. good business judgment and all that sort of stuff. But um, I think there was a, a time in which I had to decide what I wanted to apply to. And <laughs> I had I applied to be a physical education teacher. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and I applied to be uh, an accountant. Well, well, take my BCom and, uh, you know, with the major in accountancy. McGill for the uh, for phys ed and at Concordia, and then uh, my mom was like, "Well, if you want to be a phys ed teacher, then you should go that route." And my dad was like, "If you want to make money, <laughs> go go into accounting." Yeah. And at that point in my life, I think I was eighteen, nineteen. I didn't care about anything else but money. Yeah. Um, so I, I went into accounting. Uh, you know, it ends up being that I I always have a, like a knack for helping people and. I use that to kind of, I use the counting to one, help my dad with his small business. Uh, you know, as, as much theory as I could give him from the books that I was reading, I would try and give it off to him. What did your dad do or what does he do? Well, he had a, uh, it was a, uh, a roofing business. Okay. Uh, he was ma- manufacturing as well. So manufacturing metal steel roof panels. Okay. Uh, and installing uh, steel roofs, right? So Res- for residential homes, yeah, for residential. Okay. I think he did a couple commercial jobs. Yeah. Um, so that I was doing that part time. I was uh, I was actually substitute teacher as well uh, okay. at St. Thomas. I think I remember that you being a substitute. Yeah, me, teacher. Uh, myself, Kyle Miller, and uh, <laughs> Kevin McRae. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were subs. I was doing that, and I was coaching soccer all at the same time while, uh, you know, while going to school. Um, so I was trying to help my dad out uh, with respect to, uh, you know, uh, business, business logic, business advice, accounting. And my dad, you know, we're pretty stubborn people. So he would just tell me, okay, thanks. And then move on. Um, but secretly, he probably listened to you. He just, yeah, a little bit. He didn't uh, want to give you the, 
Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, sometimes it was his way or the highway sort of yeah. thing. But it, you know, as a business owner and entrepreneur, that's kind of it, it, ultimately the decision lies with you. You can yeah, take as course, much yeah. advice as you want. Yeah. And but the route is, is your own uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I went to accountancy mainly for money uh, to, to to drive myself towards a good career and all that sort of stuff. But along the way, you know, I've always been you know, co coaching in soccer, helping my dad. And I, I decided that I was going to use accountancy to, to help people in small businesses, either one, make sound decisions for their business, but two, ultimately to, to put bread on the table. Because uh, at the end of the day, if your business is su successful and you have that financial freedom, well, you're, you're able to do things that you want to do in life and hit, your, hit those sort of like financial goals. So accountancy to some degree is the language of business. It's very interesting that you're saying that because a lot of business owners, so I'll, I'll take a classic example of Walt Disney. So Walt mm. Disney was the brain behind creating Walt Disney, behind creating Disney World and yeah. all that kind of stuff back in the day when mm. they were just starting off. A lot of people don't know this. His brother was the numbers guy. He was an accountant, accounting or finance, one of those two, but okay. he, he understood numbers. Yeah. And so basically, because the, the brain behind all of it, Walt Disney, he didn't care about numbers. He just wanted to do everything, right? And the brother would be there going, yes, you can do this. We have enough money or we have enough runway. No, you can't do that right now. We don't have enough cash. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, I'm sure we can get into this. <laughs> I'm sure you get that all the time because a lot of a lot of business owners are not that good with money, to be honest, especially if you're on the creative side and you work in particular industries. They're really good at branding and they might be good at marketing. They might be good at that stuff there, but they're not that good at numbers. And a lot of them don't like to admit it. Mm -hmm. That's the other part. Mm -hmm. So, but that, it's very <laughs> interesting that you're, you're, you're saying this. It, they, entrepreneurs are, are visionaries, super creative, very, very smart people. Um, but every, every single decision that you make as an entrepreneur also affects accounting and affects numbers and everything translate the whole story of a business moves into numbers yeah. no matter what people think and at the end of the day you can have the coolest the coolest idea of all time but if you can't monetize that idea well yeah. your business is going to fail after uh, after you run out of cash essentially yeah right so accountants are you know i like to think of myself as a, a bit of an entrepreneurial accountant obviously with what my history is is you know that that is true but um i try and balance the force essentially, where if I have to say no to something, I will. And I try and I, I try and explain why we have to say no. Uh, but if if there's a if, if there's a business rationale around it, uh, it costs a bit of money, but I know there's going to be an ROI, I'll say, okay, well, we're maybe we're a bit short on cash now. But I know that it'll it'll pay off down the road. And it's not going to affect the business to the point where it's going to shut the doors. Right. So let's go. So I, I'm not like this this ultra ultra conservative. I try I try and understand their point of view, but sometimes you also have to say no. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And most accountants. That's a good, I'm happy you said that. A lot of the fact that a lot of accountants are conservative. They do have a conservative view because what is their job? Their job is essentially to preserve capital. Yeah, assess you risk, know what I mean? preserve capital, yeah. and and uh, I mean generate value for the shareholder, yeah. which is profitability. And yeah. how do you do that? You jump, uh, you bump up revenues, you cut costs and yeah. you know, it, it's simple to some degree, but yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So it sounds like, by, by the way, you're very good at, the, at, at, at talking. <laughs> you're very Look, good at explaining. Yeah, no, this is great. I, I, I mean, the, the, the traditional view of a, of an accountant is they sit there and they type numbers all day, right? They're uh, the worst. Well, there. I sound like I'm racist to accountants right now, but they, I'm not actually. <laughs> look, you, you have, I mean, I, th 
Oh, we can go off on a bit of a tangent. Let's I do think, it. Yeah, I, think do the, it. I think the profession is changing. One, because of technology. So it's driving people out of the uh, out of the profession. It's extremely hard to find good professionals these days. Yeah. And that and that's bookkeepers are not titled. Yeah. Uh, but but it's hard to find good bookkeepers all the way through to good CPAs. I I don't know what people are doing. Also, uh, too, just to cut you off there for two seconds, I was listening to this podcast yeah. again, the All In podcast with uh, Chamath Palahapatiya and a couple of other people. But he was saying uh, AI is going to do all this in five years. Like for bookkeeping. Uh, so, so I'm, you, I'm, you in, would know more I'm about this, this than I do. I'm in okay. this space. Sure. No, nah, maybe not. But like, okay. I, I mean, I, I will argue that okay. it's not five years. Okay. I think it's longer than that. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, so if you look at cloud accounting and all of these different applications that are coming out and the, there's, there's a can lot of- Can you explain to us before you go on, can you explain yeah. to us exactly what cloud accounting is? Yeah. I mean, I, I'll do my best. Uh, you, you'll have- you know, your desktop version of QuickBooks. Yep. Okay. And you'll have the online version of QuickBooks where on, on your desktop, all the information is stored there specifically on hard drives in the cloud. It's, it's on, it's on drive somewhere, but it's in the cloud. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's, <clears throat> I don't know. Everything's online, virtual, like cloud accounting to me is, is online virtual accountants where you're having meetings via Google meet or zoom. You're using cloud accounting uh, accounting technology. Um, you're very tech savvy. You're sort of like this modern day accountant, sort of like me. Uh, at, whereas, you know, the, the the traditional idea is that it's like I said, you're you're this guy who's buried in their cubicle doing this and that, I don't <laughs> crunching know. numbers all day with the calculator. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Okay, so so but to to go back, I I think the the lower value stuff that people see as lower value. Bookkeeping is essential to everything, by the of way. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's valued low to, to, and I don't know why, because at the it's end of the day- It's a very mundane task. It's very- Yeah, and and yes, so it can be automated, but um, I think it's still a ways away. There's, and I mean, I, I, I don't know if we can do this, but uh, there's, a, there's a company called Botkeeper, mm-hmm. And their idea is to automate bookkeeping as much as possible. There's a bunch of other ones out there, but Bookkeeper is a leader in the industry and a leader in the space. They have um, they have metrics in which what has been uh, done by a robot, I guess, and what has been done by a human. And there's still a lot of human intervention. Now, the way that tech goes, uh, five years maybe, I'm going to say more 10 to 15, where it's completely no human, you know, no human interaction. It'll be involved. A to Z. And I mean, that's part of what we do. We're trying to create, but we have to create supplier rules and, and make sure that the tax rate is there. So but we're, that, that's what, who's trying to do. Well, there's, there's tech out there. So some of the tech stacks that we use. But you're talking about Zen accounting, right? Yeah. Now, Zen right? accounting and, okay, and yeah, cloud yeah. accountants in general. So yeah. I, I mean, so I've, for those of you just to kind of like rewind a little bit, for, yeah, those, for those of you that don't know, so Joey and two of you, who, who are your partners names? Hassan and Robert. So yeah, yeah you, they started a cloud accounting firm called Zen accounting. So so we didn't start it. Sorry, whatever. Okay, so, it's okay. I'll so, let you take it yeah, from here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where we are. On I had to pl- path, plug yeah. you in there. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I appreciate the marketing plug. No, <laughs> I mean, uh, we we. I'll go to the beginning. So uh, to go back to my career, I suppose to some degree. So sure. I, I mean, I'm an auditor by trade, right? So I I did my my audit stint three and a half years at Baker Tilly, formerly known as Collins Barrow. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then we, you know, I'll, I'll do the whole spiel, but. Um, what happened there? I wanted more forensic work. Okay. What's and forensic work? So forensic accounting, more investigations, more, I, I suppose, you know, uh, 
You want to catch trying the, to catch the bad guys. The bad you know guys. I mean? yeah, you know? so, okay, cool. Um uh, so w- <laughs> when I went to one of the partners who I was working under to ask for for hey, can I get into this a little bit? Uh-huh. There wasn't enough work at that specific firm and at that point I I had reached out to someone who had moved from uh then Collins Barrow to EY. Uh and uh she, I think she was she was one of my mentors at at uh, Collins Barrow. Point being is okay. that there was a spot available as a was senior. Was it was this a small accounting firm, big one? It, uh, Baker Tilly is like a mid-size. Uh, What's mid-size? Fifty people. Like, well, that that specific firm, I think, yeah, we were about fifty to sixty-five people. Okay. In audit, bookkeeping, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But your traditional bookkeepers, right, where you're at a desk and you're punching in stuff manually, so not using those uh, those apps. Um, <clears throat> so I moved to EY as a as a senior in uh, in forensics. So, you know, we'll talk about that uh, afterwards. After EY, which wasn't for me, it's, 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 it's kind of like big corporate for, for accountants, right? And I'm more into small business uh, entrepreneurial stuff. I decided to go uh, into industries, what we call it. So public practice is your accounting firm and industry as a controller at a wholesale company. I did a stint there and I, needed, I, I felt like I needed more mentorship, uh, you know, work under a CFO, et cetera. Um, so I, you're on your own there at this place. Yeah. I was kind of like the right hand man to the, um, to the two business owners. And, and, and I, you know, I, it's not that I was incompetent. Yeah. Uh, I knew what I was doing and I, and, and I had a good sense. I, I, you know, people compliment me for my, my sort of like my rational thinking and my business logic and that sort of stuff. So I was applying all that sort of stuff in this, in, in industry, but I was fresh. It was my first stint as yeah, a controller, yeah, yeah. right? I was like Got 28. It. I don't know. Um, I had learned a lot from audit. So you learn a lot when at you, Ernst and Young. Uh, well, yes and no. That's more forensic bribery, corruption, collusion. Okay. At Baker Tilly, you, when you go into an audit, depending on the length of it, at, at, in terms of like private enterprise, small business, yeah. you get to learn the mechanics of a business in relatively decent depth in a short stint of time. So can you just can you just because a lot of people yeah. aren't going to know this. So can you just say what the the different levels of auditing are? Because you got an audit review engagement. Yeah. The, can you just explain that quickly for so, for business owners that aren't familiar with what the, what? Yeah. This is? So there's three levels. Uh, there's compilation, formerly known as a notice to reader. I think they just changed the rules last year. Yeah. Uh, That's the shittiest one, right? That's like, yeah. You can call it the <laughs> shittiest one. It's the it's the one where there's no opinion given by the uh, by by the CPA. Okay. Right. There's, it, so there's yeah. no opinion. So it's like here are your financials. We've signed off, but we're saying there there may be some bullshit in here <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Uh, a review is the step up right so um there is like a a, a version of an opinion but you're not giving a, assurance necessarily i think it's called negative assurance now i'm going back into my theory i don't re- don't really remember um and then audit gives you a formal audit opinion where okay um and it's it, it all it depends on the types of testing, I suppose, at the uh, at the end of the day. In a review, you're asking questions. You're doing some calculations. Is it plausible, not reasonable? Uh, I, and I haven't audited in years. I hope this is still the same terminology. But then in audit, it's reasonable, not necessarily plausible. So you're doing more in-depth text testing to make sure that the line items that end up tying into your financial statements are not bullshit, right? Uh, can I swear here? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can swear as much as you want. Okay. What, what, why would someone... So, for example, like I, I, we're an insurance broker. We have approximately yeah. 30, 30 employees, let's say. I only need a review engagement. So no one's ever going to ask me for more than that. If I'm, a, if I'm a company, if I'm a business owner, why would if I'm not a publicly traded company, mm-hmm. do I need to get a full audit or not really? No. You don't. So you, okay. you, there's, if you're not publicly traded, the reason why you would want to get an audit is, one, because you don't trust people inside the company. Mm. 
Um, so you want to get, you know, better reassurance that someone's not committing fraud. I think that's probably the main reason. Interesting. And then, I didn't know this. Yeah. Can I you mean, say that again? So like why, if you're not a publicly traded company, why would we get an audit? Repeat that. That was okay, that's so, a good point. So let's just say I'm, I'm the owner of a business and I'm not really hands-on day-to-day. I'm kind of disconnected. I don't know. I'm in Barbados and the, the, the business is running itself. Yeah. Uh, I'll have maybe, uh, you know, a controller or a director of finance. I'll have a, uh, have an accounting team. I'll have my director of operate. People are running the show yeah. essentially. And I'm collecting checks. Yeah. Um, if I am completely disconnected, um, and perhaps, uh, you know, if I'm looking at my cash balance or I'm looking at my financial statements, my internal financial reports on a month to month basis. As a and business I, owner. Yeah. As a business owner, cause uh, give me all the reports and I'll take a look at them. Yeah. If things don't make sense or, or things don't seem to be what they are in reality. And I have this, like this lack of trust, or uh, maybe I'm a bit skeptic, then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go hire financial statement auditors to take a look at things. I'm suspicious right? of someone. Yeah. And yeah, okay, cool. uh, I mean, there's, know that. yeah, some people will do that. Um, and then, I mean, the other reason why, and I mean, maybe this is for you as well, uh, is if, if you're, if you're, if you have a lending facility with a bank, the bank might require either an audit or a review. Most of the time, if you have a line of credit or some other form of lending facility, you're you're going to require a level above a compilation for for your financials, and uh, so yeah, that's got it. Yeah. So now let's like let's go back. Now we're yeah, back on Zen accounting. Yeah. I, 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 I forewarned <laughs> you. Yeah, I forewarned yeah, yeah. you. I go off. Yeah. He's like Curtis. By the way, I'm like all over the place. Yeah. Now, so let's, I'll, I'll try and keep you in a line. Yeah. So I, went it's, back. It's so you started your stint at uh, Baker. Baker I, Tilly. Baker. Baker Tilly. I keep wanting to say Baker Mayfield. Baker Tilly. <laughs> Then you went to EY and yeah. you had a little stint as a controller at, at a distributor or a wholesaler. Yeah, small business. And then I moved over to Squish, like I said. So I, Squish, I, I, yeah. At, the, at that point, I was- um, Squish is candies. They're yeah, the delicious yeah. candies. They yes. sell them at Mandy's and all those places there. They, yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my idea there was um, I, I wanted to have a form of mentorship to work under a CFO, right? I yeah. needed a coach uh, to make sure that the decisions that I was making were not batshit crazy. Um, can you I, give us an example there? Um, oof, let me, I mean, because the, my, the, this is my thought process right now. It's that, so as an accountant, I mean, at the end of the day, you're just looking at numbers. What is, what's there to mentor you about? It's just numbers. You know you what know, I mean? Well, I, I, I like to gather ideas in different ways of thinking. That's all. That's always how I've been. And, and I will always have, there's a, there, I've always, and this is personal, but, uh, there will always be a level of self-doubt to some degree it, um, that maybe there's something I don't know mm. that, that okay, I'll either research it or maybe, you, you know, you can coach me. Maybe there's something I don't know. Uh, and because I was such an integral part of that, that small business that I was talking about and I was feeding in information. And, How many and, employees were there? Uh, 25. Okay. So this is a super hands-on. Yeah. 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 Like I, 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 look, I was the controller, but I was also the CFO. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so the, the decisions that I was making based off of the numbers and like the ratios that I would calculate and all these sorts of things, you know, that, that business struggled, Uh, you know, it was a, it was a very successful business. And then, uh, you know, it struggled, uh, for, for a certain period of time, um, before I had come in and, um, you know, the decisions and the 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 analytics that I was I was feeding into the the owners, there was that le- that level of self doubt because I hadn't ever done industry before, I hadn't ever been a controller before. So, 
as confident as I was, I was like, well, maybe there's something I don't know that could that that could help them, right? Um, and because at that point there though, you're, you're not. That's not a normal thought process of an accountant. You're thinking like a business owner at that point, almost. Yeah, I mean, I like to so, and I mean, even with where I'm at now, uh, and even with my clients, it's like I I try and put myself in their shoes. Uh. <laughs> It's it's interesting that we're talking about this because this story actually translates to why I'm I'm doing what I'm doing now, and I just connected that. So <laughs> I think this is just who I am as a human. Um, but yeah, so just connections all over the place. Like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I I felt like I needed to be, and I consulted for them after I left, and I and I stayed on the side to say, listen, I, I I'm going to still help you guys out, but I need to get coached because I want to make sure that my decision making and and my ability to to, to, to better myself as a professional, ultimately, because if I'm going to give you advice, I better well believe that uh, I have to believe in it, one, and, and it better be as close to, to, to right as possible, right? So if there's any level of self-doubt, I need to better myself. So that's so what would, I left. would an example be, can you give us an example? Like for, would they come up to you and just say, hey, we're thinking of deploying X amount of money in capital expenditures. We want to buy this equipment to sell these additional products and make this much more revenue. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Can you give us like a, a, a more, like a specific example? I mean, uh, I, I can generate one, but like um, yeah. at, that, at, at that specific business, I think there was some lease versus buy uh, decision making that had to be done. Okay. We were looking at buying a building versus like leasing. So that's something that I had I'd done it in school, right? So yeah. I, I so what's the what's the what's the what's the math that you do behind that? Because this mean, is you th- have to be a, you have to do an NP. It's corporate finance. And but this I, is a great question. By yeah, the way, let's yeah. let's stay here just for a second because yeah. a lot of people say that hey, I'm expanding my business. Do I buy this house or do uh, do I buy this building or do I lease this building? So yeah. can you kind of can we stay here? Let's let's yeah we we can. I'm not an expert in it. Like uh, but but like you have to do an NPV analysis, make sure that, yeah, you know, it it comes down to cash flow to some degree as well. uh, What's affordable, what's not. Um, But ultimately you want to make sure that, uh, how do I even put it? (laughs) That it's the right thing to do. And and, I mean, if you're leasing, uh, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, there's so many things that are coming into my head at the same time. What, what cash flows one, and I, I and I and I always focus on cash. Yeah. So if you're going to buy something, you have to do an analysis ultimately, and it has to generate the right return uh, for the business. Got it. Okay. That that's clear. But then you have to think about okay, if I'm buying, do you have to put cash up front? Right. Yep. Um, you know, if you, if we were going to go buy a building, we were going to have to put X amount of money down. Yeah. And ult- ultimately, I didn't even have to do the analysis because I knew we couldn't afford it. Got it. Right. Got it. So you know, like. Full disclosure, I'm not I'm not the guy to go do your crunch and NPV out. Like I could I could do it, but that's not my uh, it's not your not my strength. Yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. My shtick is is, is that accounting? Like, Con, yeah, yeah, accounting. I, I, I guess I, it's not that I can't do it. <laughs> One, I don't want to. Yeah, right. Uh, if I have to, I'll do it. But it's not like my 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 area of interest. I guess you could say. Okay. Um, yeah, but like lease versus buy decisions. There's a. I mean, I'm going back. It was an inventory driven business. And there was cash collection issues, so calculating cash gap, um, and then a lot on, on the on the purchasing side. So I was like, should I know what SKUs to purchase and and what's turning more? So talking about inventory turnover and all that sort of stuff. And I was I was calculating things at a at a at a high level and identifying gaps. But I'm like, 
fuck, sorry, but I, I Don't like, be sorry, there, no. there's got to be fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Shit, balls, cock. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, All right, we're back. Ah, uh, we're back. <laughs> sorry. Okay, so um, it was like, do should I know this shit that I don't know? Yeah. So that's why I, I bounced um, and, and, and decided to go work under uh, at Squish under a, like a super gangster CFO. Yeah. So I moved there. Um, I cleaned up a mess. To Squish? Was left. Yeah, to Squish. And Squish yeah. was still like startup vibes. But yeah. um, correct me if I'm wrong. And I think this is I saw this publicly. Yeah. David's T went public. I have no idea if they're still public. I think they are. It's is yeah. it the same? Uh, they're still. Uh, oh, you know what? I, there's I an don't affiliation know. I don't there, know. but I'm, I'm there pretty is, sure there's there some is. some family members or some. I'm again. I'm guessing. I have no idea. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know what's private or, uh, to disclose or not. But it's, yeah. yeah. But well, I this I read this somewhere, and they were saying that David's T had to give cash over to Squish for. Um, I guess what we'll the you know it's tough with the startup. Yeah, I was. I was. At, I'm I was, not trying to shit talk Squish. I'm just saying. No, 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 for, no. Uh, I mean, okay. So there's like a family and um, that family was well off and they are funding squish okay separately from david's tea okay. and then there was a decision and i i was i was just leaving or i had just left at that point there was a decision that uh david's tea was going to buy squish and and go under the umbrella of of david's, david's tea, tea yeah. um and i don't know the details of it okay and I, and I don't know where things are at now i i didn't interesting i, I know squish shut down at fairview i don't know what they do yeah. anymore so you started working. So you went to Squish. Yeah. Um, you, you had a brief stint there. You're working underneath this this gangster CFO. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's talk about that. What what yeah. was cool about working under this? What, what did you end up learning? All the things you thought you were going to learn. Did you get that mentorship that you were work that you were looking for? I I, I want to say yes and no at the same time. Um. So when I went in, what what I liked about him was uh, shout out to Derek by the way. Uh, what I liked about him is he was personable, sociable, but also super smart and experienced. So if I had questions, he would answer them. Right. Yeah. Um, but we were both hella busy. Right. Uh, so, you know, he was the director of finance and administration, I think. So he was dealing with everything. Right. Um, how many, how many people at Squish? How many employees? I mean, w I, I, with retail, like yeah. everything. Yeah. I think I, when I was there, we were probably like 250, 300 or something Holy like that. Holy shit. I didn't know it was that big. Yeah. I mean, the head office was probably, again, about 25. I'm going to say 25 to 40 people max. I I, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Uh, but it, cool. it, it was, we had, when I was there, I think there was like 15 locations or something like that, including warehouse. Okay. Again, uh, I'm, I'm, this is a long time ago and time flies. But anyway, um, where was I? So I, I, when I interviewed at Zen, there was full office and all that sort of stuff. And I saw, I kind of shouted a little bit what they were doing. I'm like, oh man, these guys are like, they're switched on. They're yeah. very, very smart. So I'm going to, I'll be fine here. Yeah. So I make, I made the move to Zen. Uh, that was in 2017 or 2018. Okay. Um, and I went in on day one. By that time I had both my dogs. So I have a great day and a, and a mini Husky. Okay. Um, and, uh, I had to feed them at lunch. So I went to, I went into the office. I met with Ryan. I did a bunch of stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm out at lunch. And I see you later. See you later. Super cool. Flexible. He's like, okay, cool. And I, I, I didn't think I went to the, I went back to the office. Uh, so this, this, you're talking about squish. So you literally, no, 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 squish was gone. Now, okay. now I'm over at, so Ryan, 
Ryan Lozanis uh, is a is the is was the founder of Zen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and he hired me as the accounting team lead at Zen. Okay. Okay. Um, so I by this point, that's day one at Zen. Got it. So I go in, I get onboarded. We'll talk like say say it's an onboarding, a general yeah. onboarding. Give me the idea of what's going on. Here's your work. Here are your clients. Cool. Um, and I left at lunch, and then I I never went back to the office except for a, a few times. Right. So it moving into this remote work environment. So we were remote pre-pandemic. Uh, How many people are at Zen Accounting? Now we're 17 going on uh, okay. probably 20 And do you have equity in the company? Yeah. You have so, equity in the so company. In, Got okay. It. So, I mean, fast forward, I guess. Uh, now, so, yeah, we've gone all the way through and we'll get to yeah, some we're, stuff we're about like, EY and like forensic accounting stuff. For, but So basically, definitely. like with, with Zen Accounting, let's, let, let's stick on Zen Accounting. Yeah, so yeah. Zen Accounting right now, so you do cloud, cloud accounting services. Yeah. Um, you started working there in, let's say five years ago about that. And stuff. I did. I so, did. Yeah, yeah. so you're basically, so like what, how do you help? How does Zen accounting help small business owners? What exactly do you guys do besides just, cause the first time I heard about cloud accounting, I'm like, okay, well, interesting. There's QuickBooks you can get and have it either stored on your laptop or you can have it stored in the cloud. What, what's the difference? I've never used one of those things. So it's basically a program to help you do your taxes. That's, that's what I think of when I, Ish. I see an accounting software so what like what's the value add that zen accounting gives uh well most people don't want to do accounting uh, that's yeah it. uh and i'm one of those people yeah but uh, so <laughs> so okay so you are working on your business yes right right so yeah. you are trying to drive value for your business you shouldn't be looking at the past unless it's in a report and someone's telling you this is what happened and you can look into it yeah but you shouldn't be doing all of that stuff because it's it's backwards looking. You yes. should be looking at the now and the future, right? So Zen <clears throat> essentially helps with that. In that, okay, you're you're a startup, right? Or you're an entrepreneur. You come to me with your business, and we it's twofold. I look at look at it from an internal perspective and an uh, internal accounting perspective and external accounting perspective. So you come to me with your business, right? Uh, Zen provides bookkeeping, right? Payroll. Um, accounts payable management, accounts receivable. Typically, we leave with the, with the with our client because there's relationships to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Um, and then uh, move up. Call it virtual CFO, virtual controllership, generating those reports, budget to budget to actual variance analysis, all that sort of stuff. And is this on like a subscription base? So let's say I'm yeah. a small, I'm a I'm a startup. I have you know cash is tight. I have five employees. Let's yeah. say, and I'm. So I would pay you guys what a hundred bucks a month, two hundred bucks a month. Yeah, it's it's subscription based. So basically, we we get an idea, we do a deep dive and on discovery calls, and then we will do tech demos. But the idea is that we we get a full blown understanding of the mechanics of your business, and and then we assess okay, how can we come in and help? And what we'll do is we'll we'll put together a few different options at a few different price points, and and we deliver. We don't bill by the hour. We bill on a on a fixed price basis, okay. so you know what you're getting and you know what the result is. So right? you help with, you help with with regards like you're basically a con, almost a consultant. What do you? What, yes and no. So yes, what what do you do right now for for your books? For my books right now, um, I don't like for bookkeeping. I have Hala, so she's like HR admin. Uh, okay. she, she handles all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the CRM that we use keeps track of all that, and then we have EY as our main. So that's your accounting firm. Okay, the so external you, you, accounting. So firm, internal and yeah. okay. So but the thing with them though, and this is probably the same thing. I don't like to call them for a lot of stuff because they bill me by the fucking hour. <laughs> it's so goddamn expensive. That's right. So a lot of times, I, like I'm not going to call them. Yeah. Um, 
And then we also have Intact. Intact, they're great in the sense that they give us a lot of advice okay. on, hey, yes, we think you should try and do this. Hey, watch out. We don't think you should do this mm -hmm. because of reason X, Y, Z. But I would like a little bit more help on the financial side of things. Hey, Curtis, I, I really don't think you should be spending this much money. Yeah. So for example, yeah. I wish I had, I'll give you a per perfect, perfect, perfect example. About two years ago, uh, during, during the pandemic, I hired, we went through a huge hiring spree, okay? Yeah. I didn't do any fucking calculations. I should have done some calculations yeah, count, to actually see. Is, yeah. Oh my God, it's the biggest expense, employees yeah. by far. And what a learning experience this was. And if it wasn't for, like, if we didn't have Intact as a partner, oh man, I would have been in some trouble. Because okay. I didn't do any calculations. Long story short, we lost a lot of fucking money. Yeah, well, outside of headcount and rent for you guys. And leads. Know. Yeah. Okay. So That's, you pay a lot. Those of, are the three things. The three biggest expenses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. headcount is, yeah. is massive. And then yeah. I, I'm curious what you did try and figure out. But yeah, there's also taxes on top of what the salary is, right? So yeah, the payroll tax yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's like we, we basically we hired a bunch of people. We didn't grow as fast as, as I thought we were going to grow. Yeah. And I'm looking at the payroll going, oh my God, what what have I done? Mm -hmm. Kind of just going. But had I had the a consultation before that going, hey man, uh, okay, I get what you're doing. Have you Crunch the numbers here, like really yeah, but, crunch yeah. the numbers. So that's what we do. So you, uh, is, uh, the person's name was Hala? Hala, yes, she's right over there. Okay, yeah, so, there. so that person is your internal resource. Yes. Okay, we correct. act as that internal resource during the year. Okay, so you have a fiscal year, right? Yep. 12 month period. Mm -hmm. So we act as that internal resource and on a subscription base with a defined level of scope and service. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna, come knock on my door and, and speak to me and be like, like you have here, right? Yeah. That That's not the, op the alternative is you call me or we schedule a meeting, whatever. So that's on an internal basis where we're going to handle your books. We're going to handle your payroll. We're going to handle all your reports and all that sort of stuff. And then depending on the plan that you have, right? Obviously the more value you add, the more money you're going to pay us, yeah. right? But we, we can act as, as if we're right there, right? Um, as that internal resource, but we're not one brain. We have... I think we're set, we're going to be 20 very, very shortly. You have a bunch of CPAs in the background. So if I'm your, if I'm your direct contact, but at Zen accounting and you ask me a question, NPV, right? Where I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to go to someone who's better yeah, than me. You guys have the like, resources to basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so you're, when you're tapping into Zen and I, I'm going to use this analogy, but when you're tapping into Zen, you're tapping into multiple brains. And I say to some potential clients, I'm like, uh, have you ever watched American Gangster? And I'm like, we're like blue magic where we're the, the, the product is higher quality because of the resources that we have, but we give it for a fraction of the price because you're, you, are, are more and more accounting firms coming up with this payment scheme in the sense that yes, it's as it, opposed to charging you hourly and charging you a million dollars an hour, it's kind of on a subscription basis. Yeah. The, 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 the game is getting a little bit, the market is getting flooded. Uh, Zen. I guess also too, from your standpoint yeah. as a business owner, it's also a lot easier for you guys to make your projections, your cash flow projections, your revenue projections, and stuff like that. If I have X amount of clients, same thing in insurance. It's very easy to to get revenue projections because correct. Of, it's, it's we operate on like a we we try and apply a a SaaS model where we have ARR, MRR, so monthly recurring revenue. Yep. And, and, and therefore it's much easier to forecast. And like, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. Ryan, who is the founder. So, so Zen turns 10 years old in, in March. Um, and he started this along with, I think there's a couple other firms and one of them I worked at. So I worked at, at connect CPA. 
I did a stint between what I'm doing now. So I, I joined Zen. I left Zen to go work at Connect CPA. Um, and then I, I went to Boundless and I'm, now I'm doing Zen. So, so we could, we'll, we'll stay on the timeline. Um, the market is getting convoluted. Uh, it's, it's good to have these predictable things, right? Predictable revenue. Sorry, I had to go to the bathroom really <laughs> badly. I hope it was a... It was a quick experience. one. It was like, phew, phew, I went fast, <laughs> fast, fast. Number one. Yeah, yeah. it was number one. <laughs> uh, okay, Zen Accounting. Yeah. So, so yeah. Okay, so yeah, I, I we were so just talking tangents, so off the record. Let's, no, let's stick here. So you're working there, basically cloud cloud accounting. Yeah. It's the new, we'll call it the new way of, of doing accounting. Yes, and you were asking me if a lot of the, firms are starting to do this model. Yeah. And the answer is, is, is yes, more and more. Zen Accounting was one of the first to do it along with a few other players in the game. Yeah. Okay. And so so now I'll break into what we were, yeah. we were about And to it's talk essentially, about. so just to make sure I'm understanding properly, it's essentially an accounting firm, just how you charge the client is a little bit different. But you essentially Correct. offered, generally speaking, the same services as a traditional accounting firm. Correct. Got it. Correct. With a, tech, a technological twist. So we Got can it. act as your internal resource during the year. Yeah. But then we don't audit or review. Right. Okay. So we only offer the, the shitty stuff, like the, the, the compilation, yeah. which is what most business owners need anyways. Yeah. Um, so we become your external accountant at the end of the year because you don't require independence. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. so we offer that compilation, corporate tax returns. Sales so people, tax I'm a bit, I just, I'm a business owner. I just started my company. Yeah. I'm focused on selling the product. I'm completely lost with numbers. Zen accounting, they'd be a great company to call. Yep. Hey man, my bookkeeping is an absolute fucking disaster. Can you help me please? Yeah, you, you get charged for that. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. Essentially, if, you, if you're looking to, to implement a bit more structure from a bookkeeping standpoint and you want a bit more clarity and insight on your numbers, yeah. uh, that combined with compliance, which you have no choice, you have to do yes. that, right? Call us. Um, and, 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 and that's X E N accounting, Zen yes, accounting, yep. boom, marketing. Great. Yes. X E N accounting. So you, so the, the founder ended up here, this is where we're at. So if you were just mentioning this, the founder ended up selling to a, I'll let you take it from yeah, here. Yeah. So, so Ryan in 2018, um, sold to a, a large private equity group in Europe, um, that, that dealt in uh, high net worth uh, individuals, funds, all that sort of stuff. And the head of M&A was trying to get into, in, one into Canada, but two into the cloud space. Okay, so he was a former partner at KPMG, uh, super cool guy. Um, and, and they were trying to get into that, in, into our space, so professional services. Okay, so it was, it was a market segment that they had bought a few businesses around the world, and now it was time for them to come into Canada. So Ryan exited. And, and I took, I took over as like the managing director of the business. So I put together a vision, mission, strategy statement or, or a presentation, shot it over to, to the big guys in Europe. And at the same time, they were going through, uh, um, an acquisition where the original owners, I think were being bought out something like that anyway. So, so there was some, a, a private equity group that bought out everything and when, I mean, I don't have too much experience with private equity, but what they did was, okay, we just bought this massive portfolio, like with multiple jurisdictions around the world. There's a lot of fat that needs to be trimmed. So they went through this massive cost cutting exercise and, and they had a reputation. I only found out later they have a, re they had a reputation of going in, slashing, flipping and selling. 
I, that's usually what they do. Yeah. That, and so that's what I've understood. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> yeah. so now they, they, they like to spot inefficiencies. Sometimes they go too much, but they yeah. like the, and also too, they're completely, there's no emotion. It's zero emotion with this because they didn't build a business. Yeah. So yeah. whereas like a founder, there's an emotional connection to, yeah. to a founder. Like I have an emotional connection here. If, if we, we've never had to do this like mass layoffs or anything yeah, like that, yeah. but that would fucking kill me. Yeah. So, but they come in, it's not their business. They just bought it. No emotion. Purely right, objective. You, you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. Looking you're gone. at all the numbers yeah, just, and, and let's, let's, let's make profit essentially. That's yep. what it's all about. I and mean, then they flip it, but you're absolutely right. They yeah. flip it back. They make a hundred, 200, 300% yeah. on their investment child. They on move to the on next. to the next one. Yeah, and I mean, look, next. it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, it, it's unfortunate uh, because, you know, Ryan, super visionary guy, but we had, we had we had stagnated the business while it was going through uh, due diligence and like we weren't we weren't pushing for growth. He wanted to keep things Lean. A, as good as they are yeah. because they were very good. Um, so uh, in order to sell and like not have any issues during the during the sale, okay. So uh, so that happened when I put together my growth strategy. Right, it it fell on deaf ears because they were going through these cost cutting strategies. So I wasn't allowed to. I mean, if, if in a people in, a, in a business like this, you have to invest in people to of grow. Did right? you know that he was trying to sell to private equity? Yeah, he told me. You did. He, okay, he told, so you told me this. full disclosure. I'm like, all right, it is what it is. Cool. Like, yeah, cool, okay. whatever. Okay. Um. So, so they were going through. We we didn't lose any headcount because we were a super lean, efficient business. We still are, but yeah. um, but they weren't allowing me to to hire. I'm like, in order for us to grow, the private equity was not allowed to hire. Correct, correct. Because I'm like, we need capacity. We need to invest in these specific heads and all that sort of stuff. And you need to give us some marketing budget. And uh, everything was zero, right? So you had to put together oh like, gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a very tough time for me. So, yeah, yeah. so like, and I'll, and I'll give you an example. So, I let it ride, whatever it is. You know, like I, I was bringing and, in and business. They owned how much of the company? A hundred percent. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they own hundred percent of the company and, um, it, it, I took care of my staff and I, I, I brought in business. I, I did what I could with the resources that I had essentially. Right. Uh, not that it was easy, but, um, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, I think is the term. Uh, yep. so it's a good term. It's tax season. So right around this time, like a few years ago and our, our, tax analyst quits can't take it anymore right and because uh, it, it's hard right it, it, we're not in a business that's like uh it, it's it's tough yeah. right so couldn't take it anymore didn't like working for somebody who's no, no longer with the business but um i'm out okay i understand right like we have a heart to heart i get it i totally get it Ch things need to change it's tough from, from the other side of the pond. It's tough, 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 blah, 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 blah. So I accept the resignation. I prepare the, the, the request to replace this person within an hour of the resignation, submit it to my boss. One week goes by with follow-ups. I'm following up. Two weeks go by. No, no, no answer, no answer, no answer. Finally, I'm like, I escalate it. I'm like, guys, it's been three weeks. It's tax season. I'm asking you to replace this person. It's the middle of tax. I need resources. Otherwise, we're going to have to see this mass exodus. Oh, and they, they act like, yeah, okay, I didn't know what was going on, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I, and I, I'm, I'm like, I started looking. I was already kind of like on. Okay. Like, so so I, I bounced. From Zen Accounting. From Zen. 
cool. Zen. Okay. Yeah. So, so I went to Connect CPA, which is uh, yeah. what I'll, I. D- I thought though that you were still associated with, with Zen Accounting. I am now. You are now. Well, this is a story. Then. Oh telling. my God. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. I got. I got <laughs> some. 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 Some meat on on these. Bones. Okay. Okay. So you got Connect CPA. So Connect CPA, amazing firm. Yeah. Uh, I went over there as as a COO. Yeah. Um. To some degree, I acted like there's two co-founders, and I acted like as it kind of like a partner, I guess. You look at it as a but it was, I wasn't a partner, right? So I was in charge of ops, but also bringing in new clients and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Connect CPAs probably themselves. I mean, we'll talk, we're talking about cloud accounting. So there's there's Zen Accounting. There's there's a few people out there, uh, but Connect CPA and Live Sierra are two of those three, you know, OGs, I guess, in the business, if you want to call it that. And there's maybe a few others, but um, so they're a big they're a big player in the game in the space. And uh, so acting as COO, not not an easy gig either. There's a lot of I mean you're you're client facing. So if your clients are pissed, the problem goes to me. If it's like a big enough problem, right? Uh, so bringing in clients is also closing sales. There's there's you know stress there. You want to do that as well. Uh, fixing operational inefficiencies, HR. So our, our head of people was on mat leave. So HR fell on me, right? So firing, hiring, all that sort of stuff. Amazing work experience. Mm. Um, so we're still on this timeline. So I'm like, I think eight, nine months in and a former client of Zen reaches out to me to, to say, hey, I need, uh, I started this new venture. Can we talk and about, you know, maybe having Connect CPA become the, the firm? Right, I'm like yeah, sure. So we hop on this call, and this is uh, Moro, who's the, the the CEO of Boundless Life. And we'll, we could talk about this. You ask me as many questions as you want. the The business model is complex, very complex, and it's it's tough to to put your head around it. If you're if you're an accountant or a CPA, uh, from a learning perspective, there's international tax, transfer pricing, bookkeeping, international business. You're setting up just a crazy amount of complexities. So I was like, listen, I don't think we as Connect CPA can handle this um, globally for you, but are you looking for a head of finance? <laughs> because the vision and the, and the mission and the strategy of the of Boundless is, uh, it, it's just fantastic what, what we're trying to do. Um, and I think, I, I, can you explain what Boundless Life is? Yeah. So, like, so from my understanding, it's basically an kind of Airbnb-ish. So you can go for, let's say, three months in a different country. You mm-hmm. can work there. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're working remote, assuming. And you can bring your children with you as well, which, yeah. which I found that kind of weird mm-hmm. just because I'm like people bring their they take their kids out of school and you're like yeah if the homeschool or stuff like that mm-hmm. interesting yeah 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 I mean you'll be able to explain it better than I can but yeah I, like, I'm not as good as pitching as Moro is I uh, didn't even know that this was like a marketplace it's very well interesting. we're creating life. Yeah. we're creating this market which yeah. is also crazy difficult yeah um, but we're also surpri- not 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 that we're surprised we knew that there was a lot of people out there that would be really into this but we weren't we were surprised to see how many because so cool, moral yeah. moral was like and I'll, and I'll tell you the business moral exited his business that was a client of zen okay okay he was like okay i'm gonna go on sabbatical for like one year what was his business before um so he was a marketplace for people coming into the country from outside of canada and trying to set them up in a home or something like that i i, I can't remember exactly okay i didn't handle their books i just brought them in as a client yeah yeah um 
and, and so yeah so where was i uh he was like how do i monetize the lifestyle i want to live i want to travel around the world i have kids i need to i, I want I'll, I'll work here and there. young kids right young kids, young kids i think yeah. his kids well, his kids are like i think all below seven or something okay. like that and uh he's like how do i monetize this lifestyle and he's entrepreneurial in nature yeah um so th so th the concept is uh is that it's airbnb there's a there's a portion of which you can compare to airbnb but then there's also a portion where you can compare it to like we work we're combining airbnb yeah. we work i thought about we work as well yeah so like so there's a co there's a we call it the hub uh the community hub where it's a co-working space but also you know you'll have like uh yoga classes or a wine tasting at night or something yeah. like that so in somewhere in chile you, well, that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Chile's on the radar. Costa Rica, but we just we did just announce Bali. Okay. Um, so that's our next spot. So, so we take. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm kind of like thinking about this. If you, if I want to take like a month off and still work, yeah, it's kids? kind of. I don't have kids. Not yet. But just it's like a, that. Just that community mentality. Oh, the, and uh, I mean, we can dive into this this world, I suppose, of digital nomads. But we're catering towards digital nomads who are uh, who have kids. So, so can you work from anywhere? Yes. Do you have kids? Yes. Do you want to travel? Yes. Yes. And, and do you want to, do you want to have your kids getting educated at the same time? And not by you, right? In a formal education system with curriculum and all that stuff. And that's essentially what we do. So, and will you set them up with local schools? Like what about, if no, they so we open up our own. Boundless it. education. So, it's, so it's all online. No, it's not online. Not yet. Uh, it's coming. It, it, there oh will my be God. An okay, so you'll person. have teachers there teaching oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a curriculum. So I'll give you an got idea. It, got so it, got it, got it, got it. Portugal. Got it. We got how many locations? Yeah, how many locations? So, you guys have? so we're in Sintra in Portugal. We're in on the island of Syros in Greece. Okay. And now we're in Pistoia, which is in Tuscany in Italy. So three locations. Three locations right got now, it. fourth in July. Is the teaching all done in English? Yes. Okay, all done yeah, in English. But you yeah. also learn like local languages. There's, so there's these uh, extra curricular activities yeah. that you can do and sign up for. Uh -huh. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, like that's, that's our target market. Uh, and how's the growth going for boundless right now? Uh, it's, it's hyper growth. So okay. I, I don't know. I don't really want to talk numbers, but we, we, uh, we went from zero to that's no good. Yeah. But so we launched in February. So incorporated August of 20, what year is it? 2023. So 2021. Yeah. Um, so a year and a half ago, let's yeah. say roughly. So, and then, you know, my, my talks coincided with, the, the preparation for the first location launch. So yeah. I started there about a year ago, uh, officially March, but I was like in discussions and, and monitoring everything in February. And we launched February 1 in Portugal. So $0 of revenue up until Feb 2020, uh, 2022. Yeah. So we start there and we, uh, by the end of December 2022, so fiscal year end, we had surpassed uh, one, uh, in excess of 1.5 million. So from zero to 1.5, which I don't know what the definition of hyper growth is, by the way, from a number. I looked it up when we were talking the other day. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's a, it's a 40%, I believe, year okay, over well, year. I don't know. Or maybe we went it's from, 100. Well, we went from zero to... to it's 40%. That's what 40%? the snippet says on Google. Yeah. Okay. But I think, right. it's, I think that's wrong. I th I'm pretty sure it's 100. Anyways. Maybe. It's, there's a lot of growth. Yeah, a lot of growth. And, yeah. and it's super, super fast paced. So, I mean... It's invaluable experience. It's kind of the same thing. There's this there's this vacation that I went on called Backroads. And Backroads, what it is, it started off. So it's just some dude. He would. This is back in the 70s or 60s or something like that. He would just travel all around the world and stay at cool hotels, mm -hmm. eat, 
good food and bike everywhere. Like okay. speed bike, uh, Tour de France biking, like the oh, speed nice. bikes. Okay. And I went on this trip. We went to California. I went with my dad. It was fucking gorgeous. And basically, they take you to all these nice restaurants. They take you to the local places. Mm-hmm, they you, mm-hmm. you go on these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, biking trails. Yeah. Stay at a nice hotel. It's just just a cool experience. You that, know what I mean? That, uh, the, these experiences, like they are getting more and more popular because they're they're fucking cool yeah i mean you're discovering i mean similar to that you're discovering a local culture local yeah. language and you're still getting interact. paid yeah like you're still making your money yeah, so you don't yeah. have to completely because that's the thing and this is why you know i'm sure you guys did your research you, you probably do have something here because a lot of people i mean i did this during covid during covid i went down to florida for three months i'm like yeah. fuck this i'm out of here yeah, i don't want to yeah i don't, yeah. don't want to stay here I'm, yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not staying yeah locked down for yeah. three months yeah so i went to florida i worked for three months mm-hmm and I had a blast. Yeah. I mean, that's what people are, more and more people are, I think, with what happened with COVID. And maybe some people were discovering this before. Like I said, Zen was like all remote work. But if you yeah. if you have an internet connection, a good internet connection, yeah. you, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can work from yeah. wherever. Well, yeah. why not? And you have the, the ability to, then why not work from somewhere in the world and discover a culture and all that sort of stuff? If you like to travel, some people like to stay sedentary, whatever. Cool. But uh, so that's what boundless life does. Yeah, that's what we're all about. Cool. Uh, it's 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 awesome. It's very complex. Um, you know, it's it's a hyper growth startup. And uh, I guess each time, like you're going to like new countries, like you obviously know how to navigate tax laws and tax wordings better than well, better than better me. than people on the <laughs> on. The, well, you know, the, like I I took this role. One, because of what we're trying to do. So like we're trying to, to revolutionize education to a certain extent, right? Yep. Um, and, and, and allow people to, to live seamlessly in a different country and allow them to slow travel. And, and you get, you know, learning about different cultures. Yeah, child education. It's, it's like it's, a, yeah, 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 it's like it's... It, it dude, there, there, there's a big revamp coming in education. I just I went so the too. other day to... They're, they're, they're done. Schools are... <laughs> I really think they're done. I went the other day and I'm sorry, I'm going to kind of like throw this, the CJEP under the bus a little bit, but they're asking me about their insurance program. Yeah. It's a nine month thing. And I'm like, guys, there's people getting their insurance. Like, cause you have to basically, you have to study pass the, there's three exams to pass. This is in Quebec, Ontario. It's more or less the same thing. We have to study pass the exams. If you really want to treat it as a crash course, it's going to take like a month and a half, two months. You're oh, licensed, yeah. then you can start working in insurance. These guys, it takes nine months to do the fucking course. <laughs> Yeah, that means. And so I'm like, dude, there's people coming here as immigrants. They need to get paid. You, they can't take nine months off. They need to work. And the private market, so people mm. like us will come in. Basically, we'll train you, pay for everything. And the point I'm just trying to make overall is the education system, they're completely dying. They don't know what the hell to do with chat GPT. Mm-hmm, A lot of the, mm-hmm. it's too expensive, uh, especially in the US. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Okay. And people are learning, like there's so much information out there. Well, you have Google now. Yeah. They're giving up. Um, you can get Google certified for there's like coding and anyway, a couple of things. And you don't have to be a genius to, no, no, no. to pass this. No, it's for free. It takes, I think it's six months, four or six months to basically pass the course load. You're Google certified and you can go get a job in the real world at like $70,000 yeah, with no yeah. debt. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, Which shit. is another big thing. Shit so, is changing. So it's like Jordan Peterson, he's starting like this big thing. And the, the thing for him is basically he wants it to be recognized by uh, businesses, rec- I don't know the official term, but he wants it to be recognized. And he's, his goal is they have 30 professors behind. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically really cool idea. And he wants to drop the price. So right now to get a degree on average, some are more, some are less. It's about a hundred thousand, this is in the US, a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, wow. And to he, get it to, to get a degree. 
Okay, a degree on average. So sick. And he wants to bring it down to four thousand. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's more. <laughs> that's reasonable. Yeah, it's. It's. I mean, uh, it's, I mean, it's, education. It's, it's like, and when you actually talk to Americans, uh, there's a fair bit of the ones that paid for school themselves that yeah. got a degree that doesn't give you a good job outside. Yeah. I remember I was speaking to this girl. This is years ago. She goes, one of the biggest regrets of my life was going to college. That's She's so like, I have a hundred thousand. It's so sad. Yes. Like, I have a hundred thousand dollars in debt. I can't get a job. And the job that I get, I'm like working, making, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. And it, I have fucking it makes no sense. I'm gonna have this debt the rest of my life unless I go marry uh, like a rich guy to help me get out of this. I, I mean uh, I don't know enough about this really, but like is it it's just capitalism? Like they're just trying to drive a profit at the end of the day, these well, schools. What ended like, up happening for, for schools is it's like back in these it's the fifties or the sixties. So basically what the government did, what the American government did, they said, Hey, you can't you you you, you don't, because back in the day, you used to be able to work during the summer and pay for your education. Mm. And they came up and said, you know what, student, you shouldn't be working in the summer. You should be enjoying your summers. So <laughs> okay. you know what? We're going to give you a loan. Or we're going to basically, so long story short, they would the government would guarantee the debt. Okay. So basically the students so if i go to like a bank or something like that i get a student loan yeah, to yeah, go yeah. pay for my education and if the student well it's guaranteed by the government yeah so the bank's like all right how much you want if you don't pay for it the government's just going to pay for it so the schools knew this it just kept driving the price up and up and up and up and up because the banks are giving like how much you want yeah, it's fucking yeah, guaranteed yeah. debt and even even if you declare bankruptcy you can't take away your student debt get out so, of here yes this is like a big thing in the u.s so this is why like the <sighs> the debt forgiveness and all like it's it's a it's a whole mess it's a complete mess. But all this to say, I'm going on a tangent yeah, myself yeah, no, now too, fine. but back to like boundless life. It's the education system. There's a change coming. Yes. And I think we're just- Big change. Yeah. Yes. We're, we're scratching the surface yes. right now. More employers. I don't look at if you have a CV, uh, if you have a degree in mm -hmm. anything. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, if you're applying as an accountant, yes, you need an accounting degree. But for- <laughs> Yeah. I it's like that now. But I mean, look, I, uh, I value work ethic- and ambition and drive more so than I do your technical capabilities. Now, if you're in a specific type of, I don't know, like hedging derivatives, like these really complex yeah. things. Yeah. You need to be technically sound. Yes. But in what Zen, like we're, we're focused on helping small businesses, right? So yeah. let's say I'd rather you be really amazing at dealing with customer service and, and maybe a little bit weaker technically, but have the drive to learn and make up for your technical gaps. Yep. Right. And that's that, that's the, those are the profiles that I look at. Like, I don't give it like I was good at school, but I'm not, I'm not like this super bookworm either. Right. And Makes sense. Yeah. Here, I want to talk about, uh, when you're working at that uh, big accounting firm and some of the, yeah. the forensic accounting, go for it, the, the bad boys. So can you just talk about like some, some shit that you would see and yeah. Yeah, like um, you, if you can't if you can't name names, that's fine. But just just some I'll, I'll precursor pe pe people yeah. think. I want to want to preface it with this: people think that most corporations are you know squeaky clean and they're <laughs> these really good people, and, you know, and some people don't. Some they think they're pieces of shit. Correct, but like. There's like, a, there's I, that's, I'm one of those people. Well, I, I think we just <laughs> we just have a good understanding of how human nature works and basically how it's just all about money. Greed, money. But, but dude, man, there's when you actually start like really getting into it, it's an it, it's so I don't how do I say it? it's okay. so greedy. They're it's so greedy. A nasty world. Yes. 
Uh, and this is why people that are just like so nice and all this stuff. Oh, we should be nicer. It's like it's not how the world works. I had a I had like an epiphany after I I, I wrote my exam and I was talking to you about goose. Yeah, <laughs> and I we were in Thailand after I wrote my professional exam and we were talking. I don't know. Like I had a heart to heart with them. I was like, my job is so negative because you see what you see what what actually are. goes yeah, on. What actually goes on? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so so yeah I. Uh, so I worked at this company for just a, a, a year. Okay. And I think I touched maybe four or five engagements, whatever. Okay. I didn't want to stick around. Uh, I don't. Was it too dark? <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons is yes. Really? I, yeah. Fuck. I was like, I was like, it, it's, there's a lot, it's, ne it's very negative to see. So for instance, one of the things that I was about to work on. Yeah. Uh, there was an and, engagement and question before you yeah. get started. So like when you were going in to try and find the bad guys, these are like big publicly traded corporations. Like these are Some, big companies. Yeah. 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 Okay, so they're basically going in, but show me all your, show me all your books. I want to see all the numbers. And basically I have a feeling you're up to something. I want to look and see what you're up to. Part of what in short, let's, in that's, short. Yeah, yes. I that's guess. what yeah, a forensic, yeah, yeah. Yeah, forensic audit or forensic accountant is looking yeah. for the bad shit that people okay, do. Cool. Great. I, I, I left because it was time for me to leave. There's a lot of, bureaucracy, corporate red tape, politics, yeah, sure. and, and, yeah. and inner competition that I have no interest in yeah. at all, okay? Um, I don't like people going behind each other's backs and all that bullshit. Like, that's not for me. If I don't like you, I'm going to tell you to your face Yeah, but I like you. But, <laughs> but Thanks, you, you know what I mean, though, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. like company politics, and it, it, it's everywhere, but, like, I, I try and keep it to the minimum. I, I, over there, it's tough. Got it. So I was on my way out, but just to give you an idea about the negativity. So we were... Uh, the partner that I was going to work for, he is like the hero and wants to go after these bad guys. But what the bad guy was, he was a doctor committing insurance fraud at the, like one of the children's hospitals and, and just, just doing things that you would not expect a doctor to be doing. Right. And it comes down to what, I guess there's good doctors and bad doctors, doctors that are out there because they're greedy fucks. There's good actors and bad actors There's in, in every, anything. anything yeah. In anything, yeah. right? So so like this guy was, I don't know, committing insurance fraud or something something to the point where it's like, fuck, this this is too dark for me. Right. And I mean, uh one of the one of the engagements, so I you know, there was a but lot what, of, what was he doing though with the I, I can't remember. Honestly, okay. I, I I didn't dive into it, but it had to do with a, a doctor at in Toronto who was committing some form of fraud and it was affecting people, right? Insurance fraud, some, some way, shape or form. So I don't know enough. I didn't, I didn't work on it. Okay. Um, so when I was working there, I mean, there was a few interesting engagements that I touched on. Part of it was in the, in the construction industry. Oh, yeah. Um, and I mean, but it's part of doing business internationally. Like, so there's, there's, there's corporate fraud and bribery acts in, in Canada and the U S and the UK, but sometimes it's the way of doing business in, in other countries. Right. So I had, I, I was analyzing a lot of email threads and all that sort of stuff. Um, a lot of, a lot of in South America in Africa, um, a, a, a lot of stuff goes on down there. And when you get interviewed as a person who's like, a, a culprit or whatever, they're like, well, yeah, I bribed this guy. <laughs> how else would I, how much? How else are we supposed to work? I'm not going to get the job if I don't buy yeah, yeah, this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. In, in South America, I remember seeing something like some guy got paid 16 million something and Jesus. started his own brew. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Wow. It's crazy. This was a, sorry, like one of the firms you were auditing bribed someone 16 million one, bucks. Uh, bribed the government official. 
Okay. Yeah. And, and but what happens? So let's say you catch the bribe. Mm-hmm. Then what? I mean, the, at that point, like, do they get? Because I mean, if, well, we, if, we, if we're I'm trying a CEO to generate of a, company, a report, essentially, right? But and if that, I'm the CEO of a company and I just go like, let's say you ca- okay, you catch the bribe. Yeah. I want to do a project. I want to build a bridge in Zimbabwe, yeah. an example. Yeah. And then you look through the books, you find out I bribed the local politician, ten million bucks. Yep. I mean. And then you're going to come to me and say, hey, you can't do that. You bribed so-and-so. I'm going to go, well, I wouldn't have gotten the job if I didn't bribe him $10 million. I had to bribe him. What happens to, to me? I'm, I, you're the CEO? Yeah. Well, okay. So, I mean, from my perspective. Besides blaming everyone else besides myself, what what would like like well, all I, the corporate CEOs do? Look, I mean, I think <laughs> that I, I don't have any, uh, I can't really comment on that from a legal perspective. But like what we would do as forensic accountants is we're hired to, find and analyze information and generate a report and said report could be used in a court of law to to charge somebody against an act that you know like the UK for, uh, fraud and bribery corruption act right got so it, you've it, broken these laws this got is it. the i guess the potential sentence that you can get and as the ceo of a company you can you're you're so liable so so you go in you get the report you're yes but forensic so look i'm not i'm not a forensic accountant i uh, i i studied my cfe I didn't, but I'm not practicing. Okay. Yeah. But uh, those who, so like a partner uh, at the firm that I was at could uh, potentially have to represent uh, their client in, in court. Right. Yeah. Like as a, um, as a, as a, as a witness or a, a professional testimony or something like that. There's a term for it, but I, it, it escapes me. Uh, but yeah, they, you, you have to back up your report and you can get questioned on it in court. Right. So, I mean, uh, talking, so that's, that's one of them, like in the construction industry, some interesting stuff, what came out of that. Um, can you tell us the story without, without naming the names of what you were saying earlier about more or less how they were trying to schmooze you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, (laughs) so there was a, a company that bought another, so company a bought company B and therefore company B sold to company A. Yeah. Uh, company B who sold the business had an uh, earnout clause in which if company A hit X amount of revenue, uh, then there would be, there would subsequently be a, an earnout or a payout of X amount of dollars. I don't remember what. To the company that sold. To company B. Yeah. Right. Um, company B, company B, uh, suspected or uh, were skeptical suspected that there was some understatement of revenue according no, to company a th- company B suspected that company a no, but company a is buying company. B. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but company B has the earnout. So, got it. Got it. Excuse right? me. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. Yeah. Go. So, so company B is suspicious yeah. and hires firm to go do a forensic audit on companies, a company A's revenue and making sure it adheres to GAAP or IFRS, which is the accounting standards. Um, so we're doing our work. And like I told you earlier, this work is extremely granular. You're looking for a needle in the haystack, all that sort of stuff. The concept, however, is cool and you're trying to do good, right? Um, so we, we end up finding some weird stuff. Um, so sideline that, the company A and their executives are also schmoozing and being very polite 
and this is at the beginning, after they get aggressive, right? Yeah. When you know that you're onto them. So, yeah. so we we get taken out to lunch. They're giving every, everything that they can, blah, 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 blah. So on a, I like, oh, these guys are awesome. They're whining and dining. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, a, I'm like a junior guy, right? Like, I, I'm like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I, I really like these guys, right? And that's what they're trying to get you. Of course. To, yeah. That's what they're trying. Of course, yeah. Um, the senior manager who was like rough around the edges is no bullshit. He's like, he well, picked he's, up on this right away. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's doesn't fuck around. Uh, and now he's he's gone, but he's got his own his own firm. Um, he calls up the the partner from one of the big four, who's who who are the financial statement auditors, and they're like, uh, so he's like, uh, hey, you know, Bob, uh, <laughs> did you know that your client is understating revenues according to blah blah blah, blah uh, by by this amount? And then click, right? Like the guy hangs up. <laughs> so the answer was probably he knew, <laughs> right? But, and, and look, I have a I have a tainted view of audit. Uh, I'm not speaking on behalf of any other CPA, just my own opinion. If you're a company, so if company A is paying the this big firm to do their financial statement audit, like, I don't know, $100,000 a year, and myself as a firm, I have mouths to feed like you know what i mean like i gotta pay my people i gotta run my own business if someone says hey can you let this slide a lot of the time this sort of stuff is like okay right not it's everybody's like the that. course not everybody's like that okay um but this 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 is like a conversation we were having earlier i i love talking about this kind of stuff and just just when we talk i might get about, in trouble for this by the way we're know. not naming names yeah. we're not gonna say this is just it's like it's this is the way it works yes and it's the same thing in 2008 like what i said earlier with the rating agencies so for those of you that don't know during the big 2008 financial crisis the banks on wall street were paying off the rating agencies so the, the agencies that basically they give a rating. So AAA rating is the highest. I think B or C is the lowest, something like that. Mm -hmm. But basically, so it's saying if it's a AAA rated stock, saying, hey, this stock is really safe. You can buy it. It's a safe investment. And they were rating all the stocks. They were rating a pile of dog shit AAA. And these banks were just bribing them. The big short and, and like what... Uh. What a great movie. It's an excellent movie. And I highly recommend watching it. And but it's but it's the same thing. It's kind of like it is for it for is. um for in accounting and it's like one of my friends and she told me um you know basically her boss came up to her. She was doing an audit for a company and the boss just walked up her and said, "Make it work." In other words, I've had that happen too and I, I and, and Have you ever ha have you ever had it happen to a point where it was just completely offside and you had to go hey i'm really not comfortable making this work there's something going on here with these books these numbers don't make any sense because then i because i feel like this would also exist yeah. I, maybe i'm being a bit conspiratorial but not really i feel like it would also exist i bet you anything there's people on the inside of these big accounting firms that are i don't want to say on payroll but they're getting paid off by other companies to make sure that they pass the audits Oh it's got to, it's got to exist. I, I, okay. So that I've seen plenty that I haven't seen. <laughs> okay. But I'm not saying it's not, not possible. Well, it's like the same thing as like a, as like organized crime infiltrating yeah, the yeah, cops, you know, yeah, like yeah. what it's kind of the a same any, idea. Anything, anything is possible. And I mean, you could just, you can also just bake it into your audit fees potentially. Like, like I'm skeptic by nature. Same. So, I'm the same so, way. And, and actually CPAs are taught to be skeptic. Yeah. You have to have a level of professional skepticism to, yeah. to ask questions and all that sort of stuff. I've never been put to the point. So, so there are, there are, look, it's a law, it's a laws based, um, practice like, like laws based yeah. practice. Like accounting is there, there are areas of gray. 
where you can make yeah. a decision whether to expense or capitalize something. And you, there are professional estimates and all that sort of stuff. So I personally have never been pushed to the point where I was uncomfortable because in my assessment of the rules that are in place, it's not too far-fetched to go down the road that we need to, we were asked to go down, I guess, if you want to put it that way. So it's like, okay, well, here are the rules. Here's our, here are the case facts in an audit, right? And, and it's like, okay, well, I'm arguing this. Is it completely batshit crazy? If the answer is no, then it's okay. Okay. So document, document, document. Now, at the end of the day, you doc in an, as an auditor, you, you'll document all that stuff. The, the financial statements will get submitted. It goes out to the users of the financial statements. So the financial statement readers, you could get, and, and auditors have insurance, uh, like liability insurance, because yeah, yeah, you could get sued. Errors and emissions right? insurance. Yeah, 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 exactly. So KBD provides errors and emissions insurance, by oh, the way. Good to know. <laughs> good to know. If ever, I'm never going back at the audit, but, yeah. but, but, but that is good to know. Um, so that, it, look. At the end of the day, my opinion about all this stuff is it's all about the money. So if you're yeah, paying, yeah, if you're paying, if you're paying me as an auditor to to do your books, and there's like something that's like, you know, be reasonable. I, you know, let, let's not commit millions of dollars. Maybe I'm gonna go the the route of letting it slide, and that's that's what I came upon in that uh, in in that investigation. I guess it's kind of like the same thing as, and there's these big companies that do this. I forget exactly the exact situation but let's take netflix for example so netflix mm -hmm. i believe they paid barack obama before he had produced anything or been involved in anything with, with to do with uh, movie production yeah they paid him 35 or 40 million dollars but it's like it's kind of like it's a legal bribe what did they pay him for for the movie production that he was going to do okay and so, but I believe, man, I got to get this story. It was basically, I believe he was still, Joey, can you kind of check that out? I'm not sure if he was still an acting president when he was getting paid, but just stuff like that. It's it's like you said, it's all about the money. And when you're paying people like that, they're they're essentially asking for special favors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I bet you anything, they're not I bet you anything, they're going to get them too. So it's the same thing in politics today, like for American politics, not to get into politics, but like how it works is, mm -hmm. Lobbyists the corp and all the that corporations stuff. have their lobbyists. They lobby. They pay money to basically change laws. Yeah, and, that's and a road. Like I, I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah. You never know. I, when when you know, and this is the conversation I was having with Goose. When you know what's going on, and you follow you follow the money, and we could go down very dark roads here. But like, we, let's what's not. What's the What's the darkest you've ever seen when you followed the money? The darkest. Yeah. I mean, on the mm, oh. Uh, Okay, maybe this, yeah, this is probably the darkest, I guess. It, the, generally speaking, my view on humanity became a little bit darker because of the things that I saw. And I was like, fucking people are rats, right? Like, don't always believe what you hear and like, and, and actually ask probing questions and question and, 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 and have critical thinking. Don't always take it at face value. And, and I couldn't agree more. And, and like, this is the opinion I have on humanity, unfortunately. It, and, and that part of my life, that's why I got out. I was like, fuck, like, I, I don't like humans, <laughs> right? Like you, you're always taught like, oh, they're so positive, positivity, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit, follow the money. So I think the, the, the tough, uh, one of the tough ones was uh, we, I was flying between 
This is one of the reasons why I left that company. There was like, because of the politics, sorry. So flying between Mississauga and Halifax and we're doing uh, an audit on uh, an airline. Okay, so there was some odd activity with, uh, I think, a, um, in the purchasing department at an airline where, and I, I'm, I, I'm going to try and remember this, but a son, a son and a father were committing fraud on pur purchase order fraud of some sort and, and selling faulty parts back to this airline for crazy margins and... The, the darkest part about that is that these guys are all in it. For, it's one, it's about the money, but two, I mean, unless there's, hopefully there's quality control and all that sort of stuff on the parts. Faulty parts. Faulty parts. So not just used parts. Shit. Faulty parts. Shit. Faulty, not working, uh, cheap. So if a plane crashes, like oh these guys God. don't give a shit, right? They're, yeah. They made their money. Okay, whatever. X amount of people die, I guess. But that to me was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, that's why my view is a little bit like uh, I, I've I've flipped and I'm like I'm a, a little bit more positive, but I I can always go and remember like what the things I've worked on. So these guys like again greed, money, and not thinking about what the impact of their actions could cause. So people do yeah. really weird things, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, yeah, it, no, when no. it comes down to greed yeah. and yeah. wanting to get stuff, and man, it's indeed, indeed, it's indeed. Weird. Yeah, and like, yeah. Well, you know what? I question myself sometimes too. Would I ever do something like that? Like, I if if you ask yourself honestly, yeah, for like all the money that you put, if you were to put all that money in front of me, I hope I wouldn't do it. It's uh, it's but it's but tough. like it's very easy to say. It's kind of like the same thing as someone goes, okay, everyone here. If you go into a classroom, you go, everyone here, raise your hand if you think you'd be part of the Nazis back in the nineteen. 40s mm. or like or late 1930s yeah obviously no one's going to raise their hand yeah and it's like so you really think everyone in the, let's say it's like a thousand people in there you really think all a thousand of you would never have joined the nazi party to basically you know kill the jews and they'll be like no i would never do something like that and it's like uh the majority of you would mm -hmm. actually and it's just the point i'm trying to make is human nature can be very well, the mind Strange. is very easy to get manipulated yes. as well. Like yes. Joseph Goebbels was a, like, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it properly, but yeah. like a mass. I took a propaganda, propaganda course. Yeah, yeah. Did you take it at Concordia? I did. Whew. I did. Yeah, yeah. Mastermind of propaganda. Dude, but that, that course made me, that course, even though it was, I just took it to get the A+, plus, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't realize how much of an impact it, it had on my my the reason why you should be a critical thinker and ask yes. questions and and just don't don't take everything at face value. So yeah, I mean, I I argued some interesting stuff on my paper, but like anybody can uh, craft a plan and a strategy just like a business plan, you can yeah. craft a propaganda plan and a marketing well, strategy. Propa and propaganda and works and this is why People don't even realize it. I mean, you get you can get convinced of any of, of basically anything. anything. And anything. this is why, and especially today, social media with the algorithms and all yes, that stuff. But especially today, with with you know, I always tell people, uh, you know, look at legacy media. They're, they're all full of shit, whether left or right. Who's they're, legacy media? Like I'm talking CNN, MSNBC, oh, oh, oh. Fox. Yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. all the same. All of them. Full they're shit. all full of shit. Yeah, but. They still give. They still have a lot of influence on society. It's of crazy. Course. Of course, they can shape your ideas. And just back, back to what you're saying, like with Gobbles, he was very good. That's what propaganda does. It's going to shape 
your ideas. It's going to shape your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you really can't, you should not give up your rights for, for when it comes to like stuff like that. Like when, like the government right now, they're trying to pass these laws yeah, I know. where the Canadian government wants to basically, or the CRTC through the CRTC, they want to regulate uh, your feed on YouTube. Yeah. So what you're basically going to allow to see on YouTube and they're going to be the ones who are going to deem if it's Canadian enough for you to watch it. That, and so, yeah. well, it's basically just going to be them shoving CBC down Insan- your throat. Insanity. Insanity. Yeah. So like I, I, if I turn, I can't watch CBC for more than five seconds. I have to turn. Change, I honestly, I, I, I don't watch the news anymore because again, I tried to put a, a more positive spin. Same. I follow fin- financial news and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But like, I'm just a podcast guy now. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and that's, that's a good idea because yeah. you, you hear it's like real people. But to your point, it's like you have to ask questions. You have to like. They also have their ideologies, though. Of course, of course. But this is why, like, you have to critical think. And unfortunately, we're at a point now, I find, with media where we're at. Unfortunately, you can't just watch one source. You have to be smart enough. You have to watch multiple sources who have different opinions, gather the information, make the thought process yourself, and then come up with your opinion. Yeah, I just wonder if they're teaching kids how to critically think or and that's oh, a, dude that's like a yeah, yeah. The education know. system yeah. but that ties back into like what you were talking yeah. about earlier yeah. that's another reason why there's a lot of stuff in these schools that parents are not okay the other day not the other day this is before the end of the year one of my he works in insurance as well it comes up to me he's got three or four daughters and one of his daughters was was coming home from school she couldn't sleep she was having like anxiety attacks mm-hmm. he goes what the hell is wrong like are you okay what's going on at school uh, the teacher was scaring the living hell out of her to the point uh, about climate change, to the point where this this kid couldn't sleep. She couldn't go home and sleep. Look, I'm not saying climate change isn't real. Like, nothing to do with that. But what I'm saying is it's gotten to the point where it's... We're at the point now where, like, the education system, they're, kind of, like, they're brainwashing kids to a point... Look, yeah, it's important. We have to be realistic about a lot of things. Like mm-hmm. we're not at a point now. Climate change, one hundred percent, it's important. I, I I recognize the fact. I work in insurance. There's more catastrophic losses year yeah. after year. Yeah. You can't look at the data. That's what's happening. The world it's is warming. Be, it's supposed to be much colder right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we we also have to come up with reasonable ways yes. to basically transition to green energy. And by Correct. Elon yes. Musk himself, he said it's like we can't just turn off. Oil's the no. Like we can't stop using oil tomorrow. The world would end. I read I read Bill Gates' book uh, about climate disaster or something like that. And and if we can't produce clean electricity, then what's the? Because a lot of electricity is based off of using coal and all that sort of stuff. Right? Yeah. So okay, well if coal's bad, and everyone wants to go electric, but we have to produce coal, which impacts the atmosphere. And I'm not a uh, you know. Uh, cli- uh, climate expert or anything yeah. like that. Well, if you can't produce clean electricity, then what's the point in going electric anyways? So I think I think what we need to do, uh, you can't scare the shit out of kids. No. You, you, have to take edu- you have to educate them in a different way. I mean, make them better people, make them more conscious about what they're doing and all that sort of stuff, but don't say the world's going to end. <laughs> I, I, I agree. And like people don't realize too, it's like if you look at an electric car, an electric car, I love electric cars, by the way. I love Teslas. They're very nice. Are they? <laughs> I, don't I, don't, have one. I don't. I don't have one, but I really like <laughs> okay. them. Okay. But people go, yeah, I'm helping the environment. Okay, yeah. To, but if you we actually have clean look at, we have clean electricity here, though. If I, if I think it's uh, as cl- well, it's a lot cleaner than oil or coal, right? Yeah, like yeah. hydro. But yeah. you know, that still fucks up environments. It doesn't. Yeah, matter. yeah, yeah Like, yeah, look, 100%. at the end of the day, if you're extracting energy, unless it's nuclear, yeah, there's going to be or wind. I think there's going to be. You're going to basically you're going to fuck waste. something up. Yeah, you're yeah. producing waste. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. going to happen. But 
how do you think those batteries are made? You got to mine all the you got to mm -hmm. mine all the mm -hmm. lithium. Mm -hmm. Well, mining is not very good for the environment either. What do you do with the batteries once they're done? Where yeah, are you yeah. going to throw it? There's yeah. all these things that people they don't really think things through. I guess all I'm trying to say is critical thought. Yes. And a lot of times you're being fed a narrative that is bullshit. And a lot of people feel this way. This is why there's such a rise in podcasts. People don't trust the legacy media anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't want to listen to them anymore. Stop telling me how to think. Yeah, I don't just, like you this. Just, you, you can't just swallow stuff and expect it to be true. Uh, and I think more and more people are losing that ability to critically think. I would agree. But I think there's also you there's the same if 50% of them kind of just take whatever they're told at face value and they go, Oh, well, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. There's a whole other crew of people, you know, such as yeah. you and me that go, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just because maybe it's because we're naturally skeptical and stuff like that. But maybe I just, what, what I hope is that the, the, the generations coming up, there's a lot of distractions and I think more distractions than we probably had when we were kids. I would totally agree. And, and, and are those distractions, whether, I mean, I don't want to go off the, uh, like sound like I'm batshit crazy here, but are those distractions going to impact their ability as professionals, as adults and all that sort of stuff and, and in turn impact the world in a, in a negative, in a negative fashion? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Because everyone's going to be interesting. I mean, no, 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 no disrespect to TikTok and all that stuff. I heard there's actually a good, a good side of TikTok in terms of education and all that sort of stuff. But I'm on TikTok, baby. Are you? Yeah, I've been, told, I've been told to get on, and I think there's like an educational part well, of it. Well, the only thing with TikTok is like if you go on, it's real easy to go down the bad hole. And uh, I looked the other day at how many hours I was on TikTok last week. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I don't Do I want? I don't know. Seven hours. Oh, I was going to say three. <laughs> it's an hour a day. To go back to the Obama point. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Obama. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't pay him until 2018. That was the, the deal wasn't uh, written. Okay, fair. His company, his company and he, company. he stopped being the president. Okay. okay, so he couldn't accept payment. Did he have, did, was the agreement in place? The agreement wasn't in place till 2018. Okay, and okay. Then, was not, okay, the so the agreement. wasn't struck till 2018. Okay, okay. Yeah. Got it, okay. And so I don't think any money was being exchanged till 2018. Doesn't mean that. The production company was founded. The talks were probably So my, yeah. Yeah, so my, skeptici my skepticism says they were probably. Your skepticism senses. Yeah. Spidey senses. Spidey you know? senses are tingling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, like, uh, look, TikTok. Um, I mean, I, I'm not on it. I, I am on Instagram. And f the stuff that I scroll through when I go to the washroom is like garbage. It's just garbage. And it's it, just girls' butts. Yeah. Girls' butts. Um, well, funny I, stuff. I get like, uh, I get a lot of, sp I mean, I'm all I watch is sports, right? So I watch a lot of sports. It, so too, there's yeah. a lot of sports stuff. Yeah. There's some funny stuff too, but I mean, I wouldn't use it to educate myself. No. And I just wonder if kids are just, whatever, whoever, hum humanity just in injecting this garbage while other sh bad shit happens around the world and everyone's oblivious and living in this like, bah. I yeah. don't know. Alternative yeah. reality. Yeah, we're gonna, they're gonna, have, I don't, it's, it'll be interesting to see what they do with phones and iPads. I mean, at my high school, so I went to, every year I go to this charity event yeah. And so there's a teacher, you know, I graduated high school 2006, not that long ago. And I go, what are the kids like now? Cause Curtis completely different. Mm. Go, really? How so? He said, first of all, they all have iPads. And so at lunch, yeah, they all sit in the corridor in the hallway and they're all just on their iPads all day, texting, playing games, <laughs> yeah. watching videos, watching Netflix, social, social interaction is oh, like man, out the window. It's nuts. Yeah. That's, and that it, it to kind of plug quickly the accounting and all that sort of stuff, 
like when it goes away, it will go away. Like the bookkeeping and, and things are going to get automated. Yeah. The, the, the people who are going to be successful are the ones who are able to interact, have empathy. So, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, emotional intelligence and yep. all that, all that sort of stuff. That's where people are going to be successful because if you take away the the detail work and it goes to a robot, then what's left? There's still going to be human judgment, but you're going to at the highest level, people are going to want to have a human to human interaction. Yes, right. Yes. So I and these kids who are who are not socializing. Pro, well, I don't want to say properly because like I'm who am I? But yeah, we don't have kids. But yeah, we don't. We don't have kids. One, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a behavioral spe specialist or anything like that. But if you're on, if you're like this all day and you're not looking face, eye to eye to somebody and you're not like, yeah, I don't know what you're gonna become. You're gonna, you're gonna be like this all the time. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. You're, you're, yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, I. But it's just to cap off. Like, I spent from 2017 or 18, I was, I was remote and taking meetings on Zoom and Google and not doing in-person meetings, so pre-pandemic. Yeah. And the first, the first human sort of meeting that I had with either a client or, or staff, and I'm, I, I, I like to think I'm relatively sociable, I went into that meeting and I was like, whoo. And I, I had trouble looking and staring at your eyes, even though before that, it was it was never an issue. So like I guess because you were just so you, yeah. you're used to you're used to it's not it, having that interaction. It takes it, it does affect you. So I'm curious. We are you, built yeah. to be humans are built to be around other humans. That's that's what just I think. the way we're built. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you know it's normal if you're not around other people you're gonna go fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to to go from this uh, remote environment. So so w what I've done now since we've acquired Zen is like I want to do a, a hybrid of what we're typically doing or have done is like, okay, not necessarily all meetings have to be remote and on, on Zoom or Google Meet. Let's do a hybrid. If you wanna meet me, obviously if you're in Toronto or in Vancouver or whatever, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, we'll well, do we'll a remote teams, meeting. Yeah. And, uh, but hey, I'm gonna fly across the country and, and see you guys like once a year. But like next week I have a meeting in person, right? And normally um, that's not how it would go. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring back like this, this hybrid mix of, of remote versus non-remote so that I keep up that, that, that human interaction side of things. Apparently all the guys that were, there was a bunch of uh, big bankers during COVID and stuff. And yeah. when you weren't supposed to be traveling, yeah. whatever the rules were, they were off going to meet face-to-face -face and closing deals. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them said afterwards, they go, yeah, I was no fucking way. I was staying at home and doing it over the computer. I had to make these deals. I was going to meet them in They're, person and yeah. I was closing the deals. Yeah, for, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But the, no, that's 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 pretty much it's, it. It's, it's just it's, it's very interesting, man. I'm telling you, like the I forgot because I had been remote for like five years, right? Before I joined Boundless, and when I joined Boundless, I I I flew over to to Portugal uh, and got to know the team and all that sort of stuff. And I told my boss, I'm like, being remote for five years, I I completely forgot how much of an impact and how crazy you can how quick it is to, to create a bond with a, with a human and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's like so important to create a relationship. And, and it ha I, 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 I've worked with them for like for 12 months and I've created relationships that I, that I would have never dreamed of. You know what I yeah. mean? That, that in that such a short time and relationships that you never would have made if you didn't go see them in person. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, exactly. This is why I, I really believe too, for right now, one of the main reasons why there's being like the great resignation or a lot mm -hmm. of people are switching jobs more easily. If you're working 100% remote, yeah. you have no emotional connection Nothing. with zero, the company. Zero, no you loyalty. don't know anyone there. You mm -hmm. don't hang out with anyone there. 
it's way easier for you to leave because there's no emotional attachment. And I think that's one reason why employee retention for employers, so people like myself, I don't like when people work 100% from home. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, there's some people that want it and we try not to give it. Not because I'm trying to be a, a mean guy. No, you want to create. I want a good culture yeah. at the office. Yes. It's yes. like we're a hybrid. You yeah. want to you want to work from home sometimes, no problem. But I want you to be in the office. I yeah. want you to I want to have that sense of camaraderie. We're a team. We're trying to build something here. And it's, I think it's that less you, trends. It's 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 if you look, Zen is fully remote because we're across the country. Yeah. Right. But you know, we're having a retreat in in, in mid March, yeah. right? Where everyone's coming in and that and that allows people it becomes less transactional. Right. If you're always remote, you're not creating relationships and all that sort of stuff. It's a yeah. transaction. It's yeah. like, okay, well, if somebody offers me 10 grand more, yeah, well, you're gone. Transaction, I'm out. You're gone. Right. Yeah, so if you absolutely. don't have that, that stickiness, um, cause they're going to treat you the same as you're treating them. Probably. Yeah, yeah. And they just got an extra 10 grand. Correct. Correct. So yeah. that it, culture is super important. And that I, I, I agree with you completely on that. Uh, the, the great resignation side of things. Yeah. 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 Anything else you want to touch on uh, before I'm getting really hot? Anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? <laughs> Check me, out the paper yet. He brought his notes. notes. <laughs> um, I mean, I think, I think, I think we covered it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long have we been going for, Joey? Uh, almost two hours. Two hours, baby. Yeah. Oh, Time shit. flies when you're having fun, huh? I think I might be late for a meeting. Yeah. Give okay. me a second. So we'll, we'll, we'll end it up here. Okay. Well, we can always talk about, uh, like, uh, if ever you want a second uh, a second appearance. I know there was a couple of things that we were going to discuss, like venture capital, series A, B, C, all that, all that stuff. We'll do then, that. Uh, we'll do that next time. And, and then profit we'll do and it. loss and balance sheet. We'll do it in the new one. studio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to move it into the playroom. Where and longest drive. Yeah, yeah. Each time we answer a question, we'll just hit a long, we'll, we'll have to hit a drive. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm happy to go a, a little bit more technical, I suppose. Uh, if if ever you uh, if ever I'm welcome, I back. feel like that would go well in like a nice like maybe a shorter form. Like you come in half an hour, yeah. bang. All right, if you're a business owner and you're like want to know about accounting, number one, call in accounting. <laughs> number two, this is what you need to know. Bang, 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 bang. All the basic stuff. Yeah, not overly complicated because yeah, then you'll yeah. just complicate them. And I think with two dudes who 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 like to go off and talk about shit, is it's a recipe for uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just tangents. <laughs> Well, Joey, I appreciate it. So, Joey, Thanks once again, Zen Accounting, Boundless Life. Yes. If you guys like the podcast, feel free to subscribe. Feel free to like it. Feel free to share this with one of your friends. And uh, feel free to comment. Did I say comment? I think I said feel free, feel free to comment. Anyways, I don't know if you really did, matter. but feel free to comment. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> thanks so much, man. And uh, thank yeah. you. Appreciate we'll, this. We'll see this you again. was fun. Yeah, it was. It was. Thanks. Cool. Awesome.